this episode of The Full Nerd, Best Gaming CPU Battle, ARC Launch, and Is It Time to Build a New PC Finally? Nice. There you go. Welcome to an episode of The Full Nerd, which I've lost count of because I didn't write it down in my notes. <laughs> 212. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, who just got back from vacation and well relaxed. Here with co host Brad Charkas. Also back from a day off. Hello. Elena Yee, always a pleasure to have. Turns out that Gordon can do one takes after vacation. <laughs> That's all it takes. Some more vacation more. Adam Patrick Murray is uh, controlling the vertical and horizontal. You know, I, I I'm I'm excited to talk about uh, t- today. We got we got some good stuff, but also it's it's two episodes in one week. Last week we hit we only had a half episode. This week we're we're playing catch up. Two episodes in one week. That I I will say if you haven't caught that that uh, that Intel interview from uh, two days ago. That was a good interview, right, Gordon? Yeah, it really, it really was an eye opener, and it really helped me understand. It's not just simply the specs, the numbers, the what's what's nots, but really having uh, Stephen uh, Eastman on from Intel explain a lot of the whys that ATX 3.0 was designed. Um, and I think it, it the the short story is you're probably going to want a new power supply is is what it sounds like for the next generation of GPUs. And if you're wondering why, if that's going to activate you, go watch that video uh, to find out why. It's, it's actually exciting. I, you know, I went into it thinking like my eyes were going to glaze over, but I was like, oh, wow, okay, this sounds like legit stuff. <laughs> I dig it. So, yeah, definitely. But today we're here to talk about CPUs, Gordon. And why... why First off, why don't we have a review up on the on the channel today? What's what's going on? You know, everything basically broke while I was on vacation. I, I took a week and a half off. It was nice. Went up with family to uh, you know Northern California. Had a wonderful time just sitting around eating, sitting in the sun. <laughs> we had great weather, and it's it's always hard because you gosh, you know, I I could kill myself to do a CPU review in in a day, a day and a half, and it's just not. To me, it's 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 not right to do it any justice. So we're <laughs> still working on coverage on the uh, Ryzen 7 5800X 3D. It will come. Uh, I will be taking, a, I think, a, a unique approach because clearly a lot of the performance numbers are out. Uh, go read Paul Alcorn's review over on Tom's Hardware. Go look at uh, Steve's review on Gamers Nexus. Uh, Steve Walton's at Hardware Unbox. And many, many other sites have their 5700X 3 uh, 5700X3D, it's just easy to call it that, uh, reviews out. Uh, um, what I'm interested in, though, is what everybody thinks of the reviews, because we're obviously seeing uh, reviews from different sites. Some of the people came to, I mean, overall, coverage is pretty good, but the conclusions were a little different, I think, depending on how everyone tested. Would you, would everyone agree? I would. Uh I think that the 5800X 3D is very much a good chip, but it's a very niche niche. I still have no idea how to say that chip. Niche. Uh, niche. Uh, so it absolutely flies from all the tests I've seen. I've watched all the videos. I've read all the reviews this morning. <clears throat> absolutely flies. Uh, it, it kicks all kinds of butt. 
it is faster than the 12900K in most cases. AMD itself, we have a news piece putting out with their own data. You can see it, prove it in all the reviews. Uh, if you're looking for a chip for productivity, it's probably not, you know, a great option. The 12900K still outpunches it. The 5900, even the stock 5800X beats it in a bunch of productivity workloads. But AMD made no bones about the fact that this is, you know, we intended this for top tier gaming. That's why you should buy this chip. Uh, and it flies in that respect. The 12900KS, yes, it might beat it in a lot of tests, but that chip costs, what, $200 more, $150 more? Right. Uh, so, yeah, it all depends on what you're looking for. To me, the 5800X3D really stands out as an awesome final last hurrah upgrade for AM4. Yeah, and I, I really, interestingly now, because I, I get to see all the, the reviews and of you know independent reviews of it. And I really think it's it's just sort of that. Adam and I were saying this yesterday. It's really like that love letter to AM4 and I, which has been a phenomenal socket if you think about it. And then the fact that you can run it on older some older boards is amazing. So I, I think it's pretty good. Although I think initially when they 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 talked about it, there was a lot of hype. And then the pricing at 450 was a lot of people were like, uh, I don't know about 450 because that seems kind of crazy because i'm i'm giving up a lot of core count versus other chips but as an as a gaming focused buy or build it's it's actually not that bad i think i i'd feel better if it were 50 bucks you know lower in cost but it still looks like an overall pretty good cpu Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, That's actually, I've talked about how I'm hoping that my motherboard, because I bought an 1800X with the Aurorus Master something, a high-end X370 motherboard uh, back in the day when that first came out. Because at the time, Intel had nothing to compare. Uh, I'm at the point where I realize that, you know, I want to upgrade. I don't necessarily want to upgrade my motherboard and all that stuff. Like, I'm not huge into necessarily getting PCIe 5 and DDR5 just yet. Grabbing something like this and dropping it in if I get the motherboard upgrade, it's it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, question, mo- though. Would you do this at 450 or would you do – yeah, I'm going to bring it up early. Uh, are, oh, would please. you do – <laughs> would you do a 5900x at a current street price of anywhere between 383 dollars and 394 dollars those are crazy good prices for the 5900x if you need all those cores and threads like go buy that chip right now basically uh i don't need 12 cores and 24 threads i'm much more interested in gaming performance mm-hmm. so i would spend the extra 50 bucks to get the 3d v cache wait 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 though here's here's mm-hmm. my problem with it brad what resolution do you game at? I game typically at 4K. Oh, weird! I, I all the testing I saw was at 1080p. Huh. <laughs> That's you know, man, I, man, did nobody? Ah, so what does what does that mean to to have the best gaming CPU if you game at 4K? Like, <laughs> it'll it'll make a difference as GPUs get more powerful. So if I upgrade to that now, as GPUs get more powerful in the future, you start to see that difference as time goes on at higher resolutions. People test at lower resolutions because that moves the we talked about this bunch moves the bottleneck off the GPU and puts it on the CPU. So that's the reason you test 1080p. Uh, something that I found interesting, I believe it was Tom uh, Paul Alcorn over at Tom's Hardware who actually did tested different resolutions to see how it is. And he said that it actually, you actually do see the biggest gains at 1080p because of course, yeah. that's where, you know, it starts hitting the memory bandwidth. It starts using the cache and stuff, all that more. Uh, 
So as you go up in resolution, it becomes less appealing. But I think, you know, obviously faster ships are better. Well, but th- that's why, I mean, for me, like when I look at it, I'm like, I, I actually don't think this is a great love letter. I think this is a cool experiment. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad they experimented with it. You know, I'm sure it'll have an application down the road for sure. You know, uh, I, I, I think this is cool technology to look into, but also it's like, wait, so you're telling me, Brad, if I had a, a certain amount of budget to make a gaming box and I, I didn't do other stuff, right? Uh, which is stupid because I do, but say I don't, mm-hmm. uh, w- like, w- would you say that I should spend that extra money or should I get 5,800 or 5,800 X3D, uh, and a lower end GPU, or bump down to like a 5600X and spend that extra money on a GPU, which, uh, you know, when I'm gaming at like 1440p, like... You should always, in that scenario, you should always spend more money if on your GPU. Games are pretty much GPU bound. I try to stagger my purchases, so I'm not buying a whole new system every year. I'll upgrade a component or two. So, like, I'm happy with my GPU. I could, I'm, I could stand to upgrade my CPU. So that's the reason I would be into the 5800X personally. It it just it it just feels like such a you, you like such a caveat kind of thing of like hey you got to game at 1080p you got to have a GPU that's I, I guess not going to be bottlenecked or is or I, I I don't know on that messaging uh, but then also it has to be in certain games because some games <laughs> like so what what you're going to go out your know, PC builder is going to go out and be like okay well I you know, I I need to play Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh, sweet. Okay, the 50... Oh, oh CSGO? Oh, no, that's <laughs> Intel. Oh, damn, crap. Well, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like like a real pain in the in the butt to be like, oh, yeah, this is the chip you should get. You, like, it's, there's just so many caveats on caveats on caveats. It is. It's a very niche product. That's what I was saying. But if you do fit in that niche, like, if you want the fastest possible gaming performance, that's right up there neck and neck with the 50 uh the 12900ks between the 12900k and the ks if you want the best possible gaming performance on the amd platform uh and you don't care so much about getting all those extra cores and threads with the 5900x and you're willing to spend 450 dollars on a gaming chip then hey it exists it's great (laughs) at certain games at 1080p yeah well no it's fast at all of them (laughs) like if it's 98% of the performance of the 12900K in CSGO, whatever, we're still talking about 400 plus frames a second, the 2% difference. So, <laughs> well, I, I also think like I, I watched, uh, uh, oh my God, I can't remember his name over level one tech, uh, Wendell, Wendell. Yeah. Yeah. When Wendell's review was pretty good, but he, he kind of com- compared it more to the 12700K and he's like, Hey, listen, you know, I think, it, I think his testing was like, it was 98% slower the 12700k in his gaming stuff but in productivity stuff it it you know the 12700k passed it so like you know I, significantly too yeah. yeah so you know like i don't know it's just it, it's such a you got to really want this chip in my mind to like want to get it it's not just that <laughs> but i don't think it's not just want i think it's also like where you sit right i think it's one of those this is one of those chips where um it's kind of that whole like PC ecosystem, there's something for everybody kind of chip, right? So this is, as Brad was saying, it hits like this one segment, right? So if you are on an older AM, AMD chip, then you're already more in the camp of somebody who's like, okay, like I don't necessarily want to do a whole platform upgrade. 
I just want to drop in a new chip. So that already narrows the band. But for those people, this is a great option because they're like, hey, I can stretch my AM4 motherboard just that much further. And so I, I don't think it's necessarily that this is a chip without a home. I think it's just a very small population that would find this a comfortable home. Yeah. That's yeah, like, yeah. It's a cool little experiment. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's yeah. some people who are going to love it and it's like cool, you know, but yeah, if I was building a new PC from scratch today, I would absolutely not consider this part. To be honest, I would be looking at the 12700K because not only is it comparable in gaming performance, a little bit slower, but you know, comparable and much faster in production stuff. Uh, you'd also get PCIe 5 and DDR5, like we were talking about, all the latest and greatest. To me, this is really, if you're looking to upgrade your existing Ryzen system, here's the final swan song. Yeah, and it, it's it's true because, I mean, are there really 98% gamers? Um, well, there are. There are, actually. There, yeah. there are. and I mean, I, we, we know some of them in Discord. Yeah, yeah I and I think that sort of this part is sort of made for the 98% gamer. And that is just, that's just their priority is, is gaming at 1080p oh. on specific games. <laughs> yeah. On, well, I, I mean, yeah, I would agree. And, and, you know, I, and you both, you and Elena really bring up good points. It's like, are you going to, am I going to pass up 12 cores for eight cores and, you know, a little bit more performance at 1080p? I mean, decent double digits sometimes. Actually, in some games, huge amounts, but those are, those are likely fairly, you know, rare. I would think a lot of people say, you know, I'm, I mean, 392 for 5900X is like, that's a really good, that's like, that's a crazy amount of cores, especially if you're coming from an older part and you can go all the way to 12 cores. Are you, it really comes down to that whole like, well, how important is gaming to me? How important is my other stuff to me? How important is core count? So. Yeah, I, I work on my computer all day, every day. I work for PC World. We're doing this on my computer right now. Uh, I live inside my computer. 10 plus hours a day, but everything I do is like word. (laughs) I have a very big case. Uh, Everything I do is like word processing, processing. I do do spreadsheets, but I don't do like crazy esports level spreadsheets. I have ones with several thousand columns and rows, but that's it. And I don't need 12 cores to do all that. Like I would much rather have faster gaming performance than spend more to get 24 cores that I just won't use. Yeah. I, I, yeah, no, it is. I mean, Looking at it purely from a gaming, though, it's like, wow, it's, it's actually pretty good, pretty good part for that. But I, there's definitely a lot of reasons you can say, like, oh, I'm just going to pass. Hard pass, new system, <laughs> you know, I play at 4K or I play at, you know, high res, then it just doesn't, you know. Well, there's definitely and, a lot of negatives, too. I mean, I don't think it's negative. I think it's just, like, you have to have a very specific use case. But but a uh, friend of the show, Ne'er, Ne'er Ever, uh, made a good point. I still don't understand why AMD did not release a 5950X3D. It would be the best of both worlds. Well, you know, their argument was, you know, there is a, obviously there's a considerable cost increase. This is, you know, TSMC stack technology. It's, it's not cheap. It's also probably not plentiful. Uh, you, if you're doing a 5950, you got to use two dies to make that. 5950s were always, you know, in the day, you know, a, a good deal, but not a great deal these days um, at the original price. If you're going to bump up the price even more to get to get bloodied by a twelve nine hundred K and you know in in some other, it just it just didn't make a lot of business sense. I think because it would have been too expensive, would have mostly only given you more performance in gaming, and then also the 50, the single 
single die design sort of aids gaming because you never have to leave the die. You're never, there's never that sort of uh, hit, that latency hit of, of crossing the die. So it just sort of hit that perfect niche. But you could almost argue like, you know what, maybe you do a Ryzen 5 with this technology because you really don't need eight cores for gaming. But then you're sort of getting to this like, well, can you really justify charging people way more money for a Ryzen 5, which gets completely destroyed by Core i5, right? There's definitely some Core i5s that just wreck i5 or Ryzen 5 all day. I think it would have been tougher at a Ryzen 5 level. So this is probably about the only place they could sort of squeeze in between everything. Like. I I wasn't uh, I haven't checked the data so I'm not sure that's true, but Andreas Schilling, uh, editor for Hardware Lux from Germany on Twitter, pointed out today that the the slab of cash has 4.7 billion transistors, so it actually has more transistors in that than it does in the actual CCD itself, which has 4.15 billion. So it's not just a simple slab of memory; it's complex technology thrown on top of it, and it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah, and you know, cash tends to be extremely dense, and mm-hmm. not, you know, there's there's just a lot of a lot of factors that would not have probably made any business sense at for 5900x or 5950x 3D. Uh, you know, version because why put all that money into this thing when clearly AMD's got its got its work cut out for it because Intel ain't stopping. They gotta they got to get on to AM five. They got to get to DDR five, and to put way more resources into something like that that's just doesn't. I don't think makes sense. So I I think that's this still the you know the fifty eight hundred X three D is probably the the part that makes the most sense to me anyway. So final smack back. That lets them get back at Elder Lake. It can say, hey, we beat the 12900K with a much cheaper part. It's the final small song for AM4. Like, it makes sense for what it is. It that It's inherent nature. It's very, very niche. Yeah, you know what's interesting to me? Because I, you know, again, since I, I, I didn't get the fire R's up, and I just looked at all the other coverage, and it felt like a lot of the, depending on how they tested, what they set up Intel for, is how they compared it to is is um, it sort of drove their coverage, and I looked at hardware unboxed or tech. You can also go to TechSpot, uh, and they had a great review of you know X3D versus twelve nine hundred KS. But Steve, Australia Steve, set up his part, his uh, twelve nine hundred and twelve nine hundred KS with DDR five sixty four hundred CL thirty two memory. That's very expensive. Very low latency uh, RAM, and most of his tests put the twelve nine hundred parts well ahead of, well, decently ahead of, of the Ryzen Ryzen seven the X three D part because you're running sixty four hundred CL thirty two and with and also uh, Australia Steve I don't even know if I should call him that we we'll just say Steve <laughs> he ran with thirty ninety TIs. So most of the reviews, Paul Alcorn used 3090s. I believe uh, Steve at Gamers Nexus used 3090s as well. You know, so 3090 Ti with DDR5 6400 CL32 was those Intel parts were just stepping. They were they were moving pretty good, and it's interesting because I I looked at some of the other coverage. You're like, wow, they are clearly, you know, there's some things they lose, but clearly, you know, X3D is the new gaming champion right but then i looked at uh you know hubs coverage and it's like oh actually i don't know if i'd say that looking at their numbers i was kind of thinking like who gets to claim best gaming 
CPU or fastest gaming CPU is what we would like to say. Lawyers would never like to say fastest gaming CPU. They would probably like to say best gaming CPU. But <laughs> did you, because I, I was like, you know, 3090 Ti is like, oh, actually maybe 3090 Ti with a 12900KS <laughs> with DDR5 6400CL32. Like that's actually like, that's like taking everything to 11, like moving every slider to 11. And it did seem like, Intel could still say, "Hey, we're in front. We're still the we're still the fastest or best gaming CPUs." You know, that's the whole reason that KS exists in certain games. <laughs> in yeah, certain games, the, yes. Also, these I, days that's always has an asterisk, no matter yeah. who's claiming it. I know, but it, also it's just weird because you know, and we've talked about this before too. Is like at the end of the day, if if I'm talking about just gaming, Gordon, it, it does it really matter the CPU I get? Does it really matter? Yeah, no, and that's I, – I would agree with you, Adam, and this is the this is the sort of the silly thing is everybody's, like, getting into arguments over, like, single digits. Even – you know, again, 10% is significant. That is significant. But does it – I – you know, to me, gaming is still not about the CPU for the most part. Conventional gaming, that's, you know, not streaming and doing all the other 50 different things while you game. I, I still think I would put all my money into the GPU than the CPU, right? So it does always feel like – the wrong thing is to overly focus on this. But the thing that gets me, though, is the reason why AMD spent all this money and they put it put out to make the best gaming CPU to compete with 12900K is the value. You know, uh, they said that uh, just after they announced it, we had that talk with them. And the, the value for somebody that sees in a Best Buy, in a Costco, on a website at Newegg, they see like best gaming CPU, they see quote, you know, outlet name best gaming cpu that is just wow i gotta buy this because i want the best gaming cpu they don't they don't really go like oh i need to run photoshop or premiere or you know blender faster right well and uh, uh kaiser solo 76 makes a good point too uh we need to remember there are only a few games that have been benchmarked today you know uh obviously and it's like one of the ones heralded is shadow of the tomb raider and it's like how many people are playing that game? Uh, you know, and also like for me, it's like it's good to look at the games that are out now, but it's really hard to be like, oh yeah, this the, an upcoming game that I'm looking forward to is going to benefit from cash, like more cash. You just don't know. Like, there's you no way know. to be like, oh hey, developer, can you let me know? I'm looking to buy a CPU. Are you going to use more <laughs> cash or not? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it's just I don't know. It's, it seems well. I, 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 go ahead. I think that you what you were talking about about hardware and box tests drive home a big point. Like if you are looking to build a new box from scratch to get the fastest possible all around gaming setup, going DDR5 in a thirty ninety Ti, I mean in a KS that can't be beat. And again, I think that AMD is able to squeeze a lot out of this on AM4. And again, I would not build a new system around a fifty eight hundred X three D. To me, this is purely an upgrade chip. For sure. Uh, LaSalle Rhymes third friend of the show, gave us a $5 super chat, said, I was waiting on the 5800X 3D, but the 5700X is a much better deal for me. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lucifer, haven't heard from friend of the show Lucifer for a while, gave us another $6.66. <laughs> Very cursing uh, <laughs> our, our stream here. Once on again. Yeah, said, uh, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm sorry, Lou. Did you uh, round I'm, that up? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to wait the, the questions for, for a later thing. Uh, I, was, I was just trying to get in. But there was a, I remember there was one 
spin of memory was like it was it was clocked in at uh six sixty seven. And I'm sure they rounded up because they didn't want to like, yeah, we don't wanna we don't wanna don't get put to that, that on the marquee material. I take that. I take that. Yeah. <laughs> I, one thing I think that is cool about the fifty eight hundred X three D is that it shows it drives home again that speeds are not all that matters. Everyone gets caught up in the five point five gigahertz, whereas what the KS has uh, higher speeds are better in general on the box for marketing, but that's not the only thing that can affect gaming performance and overall application performance these days. And I think it's really cool to see AMD experimenting and throwing this big slab of thing on there and driving forward performance significantly. Like this is significantly faster in gaming than the 5800 X non 3d uh, in a lot of games. And I think it's cool to see new technologies actually finally shipping. They've been teasing this forever. I went back and looked. They first teased 3D Vcache all the way back at Computex last year, or pseudo yeah, Computex. So last June's when they teased it. So a week from today, I guess, a week from yesterday, we'll finally be able to buy it if if it meets your needs. I, also, I'm interested to see how this gets carried forward because again, I'm with you, Brad. I it would for me, it's hard to recommend this over on a new build over uh, Alder Lake because definitely Alder Lake gives you a lot more in other areas and then also over 5900x you know i like i like core count but i'm interested to see how this translates into the you know ryzen 7000 parts on am5 because amd is clearly like oh you know they've been saying this for quite a while like you know games love cash so i'd be interested to see what the parts that finally come out on on am5 whether they're going to be tuned for very large caches whether you know, TSMC can make enough of these at a cheap enough price that AMD can to turn it into a realistic product, or or do they sort of fork it in a way? Because do you almost have to go like, well, here's our high core count parts, here's our sort of more gaming, lower core gaming parts with large cash. I kind of wonder if you sort of have to go on two paths because it doesn't seem like you can do it cheap enough on high core count parts. Well, Im- imagine if you could get cheaper though. Imagine if this was able to come to like a 5600X, right? You know, uh, then it's like, Oh, okay. That like the, what if they could get it cheap enough that a lot of the low end of the stack has the 3d V cache to make up for not having more cores or, or whatever, uh, you know, and then the, the higher end ones just don't have it because, because the focus is on more cores. Like that could be interesting, but it's a price thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that's kind of one of those things. Like you're you're still taking, you know, you're, these are very they're very likely very expensive uh, CPUs to make. So I it would it wouldn't make sense because I mean the cache is just it's not like you're you're taking uh, a CPU with bad cores and reselling it. I I can't imagine using any of this cache on a lower end part and then you know selling a lower end version. It just to me doesn't make any sense right now, but maybe in the future. Yeah, by the time AM5 and Zen, what do they call it? 7,000, 6,000, 5,000? Probably, probably <laughs> seven, because you have Ryzen 6,000 on mobile, and yeah. we saw yeah. that with 4,000, where they did Ryzen 4,000 on mobile, and they skipped that on desktop and went straight to, to so, you know, 5,000. So if that comes around by the end of the year, it might be cheaper by then. We'll have to see. Yeah, or, I'm and again, it would be interesting to see, like, you know what, we have our high core count parts. If Of course, that's if they go for higher core count parts again what they're what they're going to pursue there and then you know you just like we're going to do ryzen 5 ryzen 7s with you know larger cash versions because you know they're but then how do you do you think people would accept having a ryzen 7 with 16 cores 
being not faster, possibly even slower than a Ryzen 7 with, you know, more cash in gaming? Or that just, or that just make it too weird, you know? They would have to walk a fine line. There are ways they could do it in a smart way, I think, if, you know, all the technology and financial things work out. But it would take a fine line of walking that, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for, do you, does anybody, is anybody angry with, Twelve nine hundred KS because if I mean I I think some of the angry? people well you know people the, there are some people that are angry Steve uh, from Gamers well, Nexus seemed very salty about the the price <laughs> it's a it's a very expensive CPU and arguably it just it doesn't give it doesn't give you you know performance ROI that you would you would get you would hope to get for the the price differential you're paying for of course I think everybody... but neither does a thirty nine or thirty ninety Ti you know right. Like, and that's that's the one thing I think people don't understand about Halo parts in and is that when you're building a KS part, that is a Halo part made specifically just simply to capture marketing collateral that says best gaming CPU you can put on the box. That's worth it. And even if you're not going to sell a lot of them and you price it high intentionally because you, you don't and you probably can't sell a lot of them because they're too expensive. But the value in being able to say best is just so valuable to these companies. And I'm not – I know it doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't recommend anybody buy a KS part, but I also think that – But there are definitely going to be people that just buy it. <laughs> Yeah, you want the best, right? So if you have the money, you're going to shell out for it. So you have those bragging rights, right? Essentially, if, if you're like me and you upgrade parts of your PC every year or two, and so you're not doing the whole thing at once, you know, even if you spend a thousand or two thousand dollars on it, that's a lot cheaper compared to a lot of other hobbies out there. Like if you're into repairing cars or going skiing or bicycling or anything like that, that can get expensive. Right. So even if you spend seven hundred dollars on the KS, if that's like the only thing you're building this year, getting a motherboard with it. Uh, it's really not too bad in the grand scheme of things compared to some other enthusiast hobbies like this. Yeah, I have no, some you... of that argument for later. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I think the thing is too, like you know, like I I think definitely there is. I got a feeling that people are like, who the hell would buy this twelve nine hundred KS? But who the hell would buy a thirty ninety Ti or CL thirty two DDR five memory? Right. I I think that. If you're the kind of person that when you're on the website, go, oh, I'm going to get the 3090 Ti because that's the fastest graphics card out there, even though it, the dividends are very small for most people. Oh, I should also pair that with the best CPU. That's the 12900KS, right? I mean, if you're doing Intel, right? You, To me, I think a lot of people don't get that. The, the, one, the, the people who build 3090 Ti's, those are the same ones that are going to want KS parts. So I, it makes a lot of sense. Hey, that you know way. what? You you do you that that's for sure. Uh, but there there are a couple people in the chat saying, "Hey, listen, it's not just the price; it's the power consumption." Gordon, the the KS uses way more power. But also, I think that same thing applies. Those people who have a thirty ninety Ti and are going to get yeah. a KS, they don't care about power consumption. Yeah, like I think a lot of people don't. You don't you don't buy a you know a seven liter <laughs> a seven liter big block uh, charger and then complain about. Or challenger, sorry, and then complain about the fuel mileage. This is not that's not something you, you complain about, so I mean your stupid monitor is probably eating ninety five watts, you know, so I bet they use more. I bet some of these high end 
um, gaming monitors with with all the at, at the very high brightness. I bet these things are pushing well over 100 watts of power. So I never measured it, but I have one of the very first G-Sync Ultimate HDR monitors that hit 1,000 nits brightness and actually has active cooling fans, which annoys the heck out of me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that thing probably is not sipping power, right? Because no. you get to 1,000 nits. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome gaming in the dark, though. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think it's, again, it's for the, you know, and I... People got to understand you're you're on an NBA Supermax contract. You you don't care. What do you what are you worried about? It's just not. It's, there's there's definitely a real crowd out there that is is not worried about how much things cost, and and that's it's a it's a surprisingly large amount of people out there. So that's uh, why they make these parts. Also, there is a crowd. I know somebody. Uh, I'm going to point to them right here on my screen. Uh, who cares about the ITX market? And uh, you know, when you're building small form factor, the 5800X3D produces less heat that that would be definitely be a good use case that's for sure would you do like, it elena <laughs> like i saw gordon's nod that's that's gordon's nod <laughs> when he's like i hear literally what you're saying <laughs> yeah. does not does not constitute agreement <laughs> yeah he, he, he's he's okay acknowledging that there's the people who buy the the hemi you know supercharger cars you know to <laughs> blow all the gas he doesn't ag- agree that there's people out there who like small front vector builds but <laughs> no i think they're out there i just i just yeah think there's two using, of them on this call <laughs> using using my using my internet using my internet uh, view of the world uh, you just are wrong, is what I believe. So no, I, no, I mean clearly, there's people who like them. I don't. There's people who like to build ships in bottles too. I'm like, no, just. <laughs> I, it's coming from the guy who plays the world. <laughs> no, but look at my hands, right? You think I can fit my stupid ham hocks into it? I so I yesterday we were at the office and I had to grab a machine with a, a board and CPU in it that had been used in a previous build. It had so many stupid things covering everything up. I fixed it by ripping everything out of that case. So I'm just not the kind of person that likes. Sorry, I'm laughing so hard because I saw the destruction. I mean, um, the deconstruction. And and while he was there, he was like, why the hell is this thing there? Why the hell is this thing there? Who needs this thing? Oh, it's oh, it's an empty back. case now. Just just literally an aluminum shell. Oh man, this thing's awesome. I love yeah, it. I, I I literally hollowed out the entire thing, and I got home, and there was one more stupid panel I had to rip off. Oh my too. gosh! There, Rest in peace, Viva Las Vegas build. Yeah, I know, right? Sorry. But it was to the me, Cooler I Master. Just, what what was the case? Just for reference, Cooler Master. Uh, the was it H five hundred? No, was it? Yeah, I think so. No. It's the number that's like, is that NZXT's numbering system or is that Cooler Master's? Which one is which? I, you know, I get it. I mean, there's there's really people who like the it to look super clean, but sometimes it feels like, I, the, you, to use a car analogy, if you ever get to some car, cars these days, you open up the hood and everything's just covered in one big piece of plastic because you know mm. oh it just looks better right we don't want you to see all the stuff under the hood but it's like if you have to work on that and you have to rip off all those pieces of plastic and then you have to try to get to a spark plug that is somewhere you basically have to you know remove a, a motor mount and then jack the motor up to get to one of the spark plugs then you go like yeah that kind of sucks so that's my view of of me i'm just too practical on 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 my desktop builds i don't care about this stuff that's why i don't I'm By practical, it. he means he just wants an open, open case. 
Yeah, actually, I, I, really... I, I learned yesterday he's also very particular about his open cases too. He doesn't even want those to look nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was very surprised. Well, it doesn't. Uh, sometimes I'm just you know I guess when you're testing stuff, you just don't want things to get in the way. And I was like, you know, what, what, these... if, what, what if it can be easy to use and look nice? Then it's best of both worlds. Well, but it's Not you're still in this world. So the one that I I still use, you know, you can go look at high speed PC. They just it's basically a shelf. It looked like you could have built it like you can go to like Tap Plastics and build this thing. Motherboard doesn't isn't held down by anything. It just sits on there. There's it's just held down by gravity. To me, for like a test bench, that kind of makes sense. A lot of the test, open test beds are like they are really getting like this is super duper fancy. I have one uh, that we just got like X testing on. It's all aluminum. It's beautiful, but it's just like it sort and of gets away. Yeah, uh, it, it just it gets away from the whole idea of an open test bench, but so that's it's too beautiful. <laughs> Any, anyway, we're yeah. use it. sorry, Ryan. We get there, but know, would it, you, Elena? I, would you, mini ITX build? Yes, would you do? What? So <laughs> they exist. So X X three D. Does that make sense for you? Is it does it make your case for? Because I mean, it is. It does sip power generally, and it also means you know, it you're it's just going to run cooler, so you can you don't need as big a cooler. Is it? Is that attractive to you as a as a as a small form factor enthusiast? I, I think this is going to be in line with everything we've said about this chip so far, which is that if it if it fits the use case, then yeah, I definitely think it's worth considering. But I don't necessarily think it's for everybody. Uh, and like small form factor still covers a pretty decent range. So you know, somebody who's in a twenty liter case is going to have you know different needs than somebody who's in a seven liter case. So I could see somebody on, you know, the sub, uh, the subreddit, or sorry, small form factor subreddit going, yeah, you know, like my 5900X is just a little hot for this like super tiny case I've got. Maybe I will try this, you know, this new chip instead. But those are also the people, it's not different than the people who we were just talking about who were going to buy like KS parts or, you know, 3090 TIs. I mean, these are people who really love their PC. So they're going to consider these kinds of swaps and the inconvenience of having to sell off a part that, you know, they're not using. I think for most, most people who just put together a build, they're not necessarily going to go, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to replace what I've already got with something new. Uh, two last questions, then we can move on. Uh, a, a friend of the show, a, Adrian Frey, said, uh, what about the next console versions? Surely power usage uh, plus lower temps plays a role, so any improvements in TDP is a win across PC, mobile, and even handhelds like the Steam Deck. Hmm. No, I hadn't considered that, because it would be interesting if this was sort of like a, a test case for now AMD goes and they shop it to you know, Sony, Microsoft, Valve, right? Hey, you know what? Would you like a, wouldn't you like a stacked part for the your next PlayStation or your next Xbox uh, versions to, to increase performance because of that larger cache should help? And it's, it's definitely on consoles too, where they're, you know, it's, it's very close to the metal there. Power and heat. Yeah. Especially because Valve said they took a lot of uh, shortcuts, not shortcuts, but they made a lot of sacrifices with the Steam Deck to get hit the $400 price point. And they were shocked that most people actually were buying the most expensive option, the $600 option. So they might have a little bit more budget wiggle room for Steam Deck version 2. And I expect we'll see that a long time before we see next gen consoles, next next gen consoles. For sure. That always. Uh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that's always one of those things where. You know, when they're sitting down, Gabe is sitting down with whatever the people managing the 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 
the handheld. I can't remember what the what it's called. They're Steam sitting deck. down. The Steam Deck. And they go like, well, you know, we we got. It's like I'm sure somebody in the in a suit and a tie probably said, we got to get this thing to four hundred dollars. You got to get this thing to four hundred dollars because you get to four hundred dollars, I can guarantee you it's an instant hit. We are going to sell a ton of these things because that price is just magical. Like, okay, well, we're gonna. We're going to put all our eggs. We're going to like, cause we know 90% of them will be the $400 one. And then we'll probably make just a few of these like more expensive ones. Cause somebody wants the high end, but then everybody ended up wanting the high end. Like the business people are like, what? That's, you know, these are your early adopters. though. I think over time, the cheaper one, cause actually Keith, he did end up getting the cheaper one. Oh, I got, okay. I got the yeah. more expensive one. So like, I think over time it shakes out, but there's always the early adopters that are willing to just shell out for the biggest thing. I would be interested to see what the numbers look like, you know, when, all the pre-orders are filled and, you know, we've got a good amount of time where people are just buying it, quote, unquote, off the shelf. Um, because I am wondering if the market for something like a Steam Deck is just a little different than your standard console. Where, like, it does make sense that you'd have, like, a $400 option because, you know, you know, you have parents buying stuff for kids or, you know, mm-hmm. guardians buying stuff for kids versus somebody who's, a, who's got a very, you know, decent paying job and is super loves their hardware. Which is very different. On, the, on consoles, is it always the lower lower cost SKUs that are the majority of the sales in the end? Uh, over time, over time, and in the past, it has been. I feel like it was really interesting to see how popular the Series X was compared to the Series S, because not typically the case. Which is the better one? I don't. X, X. is the the more expensive. Oh. The well, I think I think part of one. that is I I know for a fact that Sony shipped very few of the all digital version, the cheaper one versus the full price one. Like they made less. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same with the S and X. Yeah. Excuse it. The all digital one is nerfed though. Like they are nerfed compared to previous gens where it was not quite the case. It was more like when you paid for the higher console, the the more powerful console, it was like a value add, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, but these digital versions are like nerfed. So I can see why they wouldn't be as popular to a degree. Um, I just well, didn't think that many people were willing to like go the extra distance or <clears throat> for the the more expensive one. They needed needed something to do during the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> we got uh, a couple super chats. One of them is from uh, Joe Hornacy, uh, who gave us five dollars. Said uh, Gordon needs to build an ITX system in a bottle. <laughs> and Ziv, friend of the show, Ziv gave us five dollars and said, "Here's some starter cash for Gordon to build a ship in a bottle." Now we have some money on the line. You need to build a PC in a bottle. And to get all the special tools, you can like yeah, get exactly. into the bottle. The, the people want to see it. Don't you think that's like torture? Team. What? What? Who the hell even? I mean, I don't know I don't if know. it'd be possible with motherboards, but it might be fun to do a game PC in a keg. <laughs> there's the KFC well, one. There's there's the intersection of Brad's interests right yeah. now. <laughs> it's already cooling, you know. It's already helping cooling. I guess yeah. the magic of the ship in the bottle is you go like, how the hell you get that damn ship in there, right? So you'd have to build a PC inside of a bottle, flatten it out. Yeah. Well, because you could never, yeah, you could never fit the motherboard in through the little bottle. But I guess the thing is to basically. Make some kind of like glass case that you just basically build the PC, put inside, and then you you somehow seal the glass so it looks like it's. Imagine a completely glass case sealed, no airflow. <laughs> well, no, you would you would have the. You just have one little opening. You just have one little opening. That would be funny. Anyway, uh, so we, we should move on. Uh, but uh, we have one last question. 
legit question from uh, David said, should I, re- should I upgrade from my 3700X to something like the 5800X 3D or wait until I replace my motherboard for something better for gaming? They game at 4K. Yeah, I'd sit on that probably. You're, you're probably If you're gaming at 4K and you got a decent enough graphics card, I would just sit on that. Yeah, it's hard to justify taking $450 if you were only do the CPU upgrade and gaming at 4K. I would, I would, yeah, I would take that $450 and say, you know what, I'm going to either save this for a new GPU or buy a new GPU because it's it almost always is better just to simply buy, especially if you're, let's say you're on a, a 10 series GPU, I would definitely go to a 30 series and that will get you more mileage in general than, than doing a CPU upgrade. Especially at 4K. Unless you need an SSD, you know, moving from a, <laughs> a hard drive to an SSD is a good upgrade too. Uh, yeah, if you're looking for yeah. stopgap solutions, but anyway. Well, before like a ga- as a gaming, I know. I know. As, well, yeah. even for gaming, I'd say, yeah, it'd be nice. Well, <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you are gaming on a hard drive, my condolences. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. You should you should not be playing any games off of a hard drive. I doubt the 5800X's 3D cache will make much of a difference if you gave it off a hard drive anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Anyway, uh, okay, well, you know what nobody is gaming on, I guess, is uh, Intel Arc. What, what's going on with this, Gore? I, I know that I've seen some people online that are like, wait, I, I, know, I know it's just the early version with the laptop stuff, uh, you know, but where are those models? Pe- people want to buy them, I guess, but, but they, they can't. Where, where are they? What's, what's going on, Gordon? I yeah no I rem- don't remember. Wasn't there a discussion of March thirty first for Arc or something? They had mentioned uh, whatever the embargo date was. It might have been the thirty first. Intel said, "Hey, this is the big Arc launch. They'll be available. Arc three laptops uh, available today. Starting, you'll see them in laptops starting at eight hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, but you know, nobody saw them that day." Uh, people spend a week saying, Hey, where are these? Like you said, they'd be available last week. Kyle Bennett, friend of the show, hard OCP guru, Kyle Bennett, uh, was one of the ones on Twitter going, Hey, I can't find this anywhere. Is this after a week or so people realized you can buy them in one Samsung galaxy book model only in the South Korean market. And it was a 2000 something dollar laptop. So the big launch was more of a, did it launch? Where is it? Oh, that's not nine hundred dollars. <laughs> and I think some people are like, "Wait, what does this mean for the future of like the desktop launches?" Too, like you know, are are they starting off on a good foot or, foot or not? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think you could say everybody's pretty disappointed because I think we would have expected the day to have something more than simply one SKU only sold in South Korea, right? So that's yep. that's just the big disappointment. And Did anyone and, even get to review it? <laughs> nobody. They didn't send any review models out to any major press. Uh, video Cards, the leak site that has a pretty good track record most of the time, managed to find a reviewer in Korea who managed to buy one of them and test it. <laughs> uh, and they found that one good thing is people worried about the ultra low clock speeds because Intel uses a different clock speed metrics than NVIDIA and AMD does. They found it does get up to 2.2 gigahertz. So that's good. Like clock speed worries. Don't worry about it. Uh, but they found that the ARC 350M with 30 watts is slower than the GTX 1650 with 50 watts. So it's definitely an entry level card. Yeah. So 
We're I, not going to know what it means for desktops until we see the desktops. The person who's testing it says there's also a lot of issues with the software at this point, like uh, not using the art control, but using the integrated Intel software and stuff like that. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of issues with the software still, which the rumors have always said that's the reason Arc has been delayed. They're nailing the software, the drivers and everything. So we'll have to see how it goes. Intel's still on paper saying, hey, you know, the 3050, uh, the ARC 7 and the ARC 5 laptops are coming by early summer and the desktop cards are coming sometime in the second quarter. So they're coming. Uh, I'm not sure how much we can draw from this. I think this kind of drives home why they did start with the lower end models. Yeah. And in mobile too, because mobile is extremely important and it sort of locks vendors in, you know, they, it's easiest it's easiest to launch there. I think the reason why people are kind of radioactive about this and I get it is it's kind of scary because there have been very very high hopes of Intel ever since they announced they were going to get into discrete graphics uh, especially, you know, for, you know, consumers and we ain't seen nothing yet to show they can do it and uh, you know again we had an interview with Tom Peterson on a couple of weeks ago made me feel pretty good but at the same time you know you're always nervous because intel is a new player in town and let's be honest the company has not had a great track record with discrete graphics Uh, obviously that is ancient history at this point but i think people are very nervous because you know you're (laughs) we ain't seen the parts this part People sort of expected to see, you know, strutted stuff didn't. It's only kind of being hidden away in one market. Um, so people are going to worry. And then, you know, it is drive game drivers are not easy, right? And and especially game game getting stable game drivers that don't glitch out. That's always kind of been a problem for Intel for a long time, right? We we saw that with I, even Iris up to Iris. There were definitely still issues with Iris with some games. So can they really just step into second place? A lot of people assume Intel's going to step in and be automatically second place because they're just so much bigger than AMD. Can they really be that good with drivers and deliver product that competes with, you know, NVIDIA, which is simply a monster? This Korean Korean guy who uh, tested them said that there are some games that just don't work on it, like Forza Horizon 5 and Call of Duty Cold War. Yeah. No, I mean, when I was doing Tiger Lake testing, it was like initially it was like, wow, I can run. I can really run, you know, uh, Red Dead to Redemption until it crashes. You know, so (laughs) it was like it's amazing you could do that in integrated graphics uh, at the time. And then it crashed. And then like, yeah, it's it's cool. We're still working on that. But it's it's just kind of it really I think it shakes people confidence. And then I I think the thing that sort of like is really, really bad. And, you know, again, this is why every I have such chap cans. You're always worried about stuff. It's like, I, I, is, Intel, about that. is Intel going to really, we have gone through historically the most horrible GPU season, you know, drought. It lasted three years. People were, the, the, the GPU drought lasted for three years. Are they really, and if they could have launched anything, anything at all, it would have been an immediate success. They would have sold every single one of them. Is ARC really going to launch? And I know they're going to be like, oh, this, are they really going to launch 
after this historic drought to where NVIDIA and AMD are pouring every single graphics card in, into the market to try to like to, to screw things up, to make sure prices are lower. Are they going to launch into that market? Like, it's just like, it's just a little scary that like this perfect storm of like arc really could have been an immediate hit just simply by existing, but it's now so delayed that we'll come out when everything's back to normal and NVIDIA has got a new card coming out and AMD has got a new card. And so it just seems like this perfect storm of like terrible where, you know, 16 months ago we said, Oh, this is going to be awesome. In fairness, though, I feel like that's kind of a a rock and a hard place, though, for a company like Intel, because if you launch too early and it's not up to, you know, par, you're just going to cement a reputation for yourself that, you know, you can't do it. And then if you are late, quote unquote, then you have exactly what you just talked about, that issue. So I feel like unless they... Unless they had it ready to go and could, you know, say like, okay, now we're going to launch at the perfect time. I think it's kind of just a rough place to be trying to get everything done, especially like realistically speaking, we're all still emerging from the pandemic and the supply issues and all of that nonsense. So that probably put a wrinkle in things, too. Yeah. No, you're right, because it was hard to do a card. What stinks about this is I was pretty enthused about you know, art coming out back when we ran the interview, we had all the other stuff coming out. It all sounds cool. Like all the technology sounds cool. All the cool creative features sounds rocking. But the way that this launch was handled, like launching it in such limited fashion in one market and saying it was going to be a big launch uh, and or at least implying that it was going to be a big launch. Uh, and also coming out, not seeding it to any press to test all these new features, all these new things. This person bought it over there in Korea and it's, not super great as far as gaming and stuff goes, but this is a person who isn't testing those new features because that's not their expertise. Uh, like it really took the confidence out of, uh, not that I had confidence, but it, I, I would not be confident recommending someone to go buy one of these laptops right now. Like it just like, I would avoid one of these with my own money if it was even available in the U S right now with just the way this launch has been handled as a consumer, you mean. as a consumer until we see more out of Intel. I would avoid these. Yeah, because they have to. They got to prove they can. They can do it right. So mm-hmm. that's. I mean, that's. I think that's a reason why. Like again, like Kyle Bennett has been like, <laughs> right? He's been like, oh my god, and I. It is scary, right? And and again, this is to to dredge up. You know, the problem is, Intel getting into this. Everybody had such high hopes because there was like it was impossible to fail almost because at the time anybody would have bought anything. And it looks like it's going to come out just at possibly the worst time because now everything's available and you're, you're, you're it's, it's like a sports team. Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, I, I don't want to use too many basketball things here, but it's like Brooklyn Nets. They had like three superstars before the season even started. It was like, Oh, it's over. Cause you know, like you've got these three superstars. They're going to destroy everybody. And you know what? They basically, they barely clawed their way <laughs> into the playoffs. At the end, because it feels like one of those things like you like you had such high expectations and now like you're they luck. They just barely got into the playoffs. Are they are they even going to make it? And that's it's just it's just such a big confidence shaker. And then I think the thing that's kind of bad for Intel is for is you go like it's like, is this I-740 all over again? Now, people don't know. This is like from 1990s talk. But back in the 1990s, Intel got into into 
PC gaming graphics. They basically bought a company called Real 3D. And the expectation from all of the analysts and everybody back then, because remember, we're talking 1990s Intel, and Intel at that time had not made a dud in decades. The prediction by everybody was Intel was going to destroy the entire discrete graphics market. They were going to kill 3DFX, uh, ATI, NVIDIA, everybody, because this is Intel here. They don't screw up. I-740 was just a total dud when it came out in a lot of ways. There was one more iteration, I-752, and then they basically took the ball and left, right? And in a lot of ways, it sort of changed the world because they took I-752, the graphics cores that went into I-752 that was not great, and then they took it where they changed the world. It's like, you know what? We're going to take that, and we're going to put it into the chipset and give it away for free. The 810 chipset basically added integrated graphics. At that time, people used to buy a discrete chip and put it on the motherboard. I-752, we're just going to put it into the chipset. You'll get free graphics on your PC. You don't have to buy this ATI chip to put it on there or whoever. And that really changed the world because everybody suddenly got free graphics, you know, on their on their PCs, they didn't have to buy discrete graphics anymore. But they they have been absent from discrete graphics as an actual retail part in since the 1990s. And I think the fear is like, oh my god, are they going to do that all over again? But I I don't think so. I think they've invested a whole lot this time around. They've hired some very smart people. They have a multi year plan at this point. This is like. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Like, AMD has been making Radeon cards forever, ATI, AMD. And up until five or so years ago, they were having big issues with software. That was always the knock. Like, your software, like, that's the reason I buy NVIDIA, because a Radeon software is, you know, unreliable. Like, Catalyst crashes all the time. They've really turned that around over the last five years or so. I'd say they're right up there on par with NVIDIA at this point. But they've been doing that nonstop forever. Software is hard. And, you know, there's going to be teething pains. I, and I, I think Intel has, they're pouring the resources in and they got a really, a lot of really smart people working for them. They will get where they need to be. But this ARC 3 laptop launch has definitely took a lot of the wind out of the sails. Well, and I think to that point, a uh, friend of the show, Linux for Everyone, points out, uh, plus, isn't this just hey, wasted? Uh, isn't this just a wasted press coverage? It's baffling. Why even have the embargo? Why have the press briefings this early? I think that's part of it, too. I mean, Tom came on here, you know, he was talking about some good stuff. Uh, so maybe it was just too early to come out, uh, so yeah. hard with, with launch, uh, you know, press coverage. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, I, I do want to, I do want to stress, I, even though I mentioned I 740 and just kind of like that, it just gives you that shiver of like, Oh my God is I do. I agree with you, Brad. The stakes are too high here. I know pe- a lot of people are going to interpret the initial arc launches and go, Oh my God, it is I 740 all over again. But I think the stakes are way too high here. Uh, back then, it was just whatever. Who cares? With you know, with GPUs and data center and AI and the strength there, it is way too important for Intel. Even if ARC comes out and it is kind of like not as impressive because it's going up against whatever NVIDIA's new generation and whatever AMD's new generation is, I, I think Intel is going to like, hey, you know what? We didn't win this season. We'll see you next season. I, I think they they are in it for the long haul. So they mm-hmm. they can't give up on graphics at this point. Graphics are way way too important. But as a consumer part, it's it's not looking good. And I do want to say the one thing that that probably screwed all of this up is 
the world has has gotten a little crazy again. You know, it, it got really easy to get gaming laptops. It was, you know, it was actually immensely. It was easier to get a gaming laptop with a 30 series in it than it was to get a desktop. And things are getting a little hard to get um, on laptops again because of all the weirdness going on in the world and, you know, the lockdowns in, in China. There's just so many things. So that could that could have basically put a showstopper into why it looks like it, there's this hole here. There should have been an arc launch, but it didn't really launch. I, I do wonder if, if a lot of that was just sort of screwed up by the, the circumstances of the world right now. Mm. You muted, Adam. Thank you. Uh, here's here's the the other thing I've seen a couple people bring up. Like uh, I, I guess I'm butchering their name, uh, Nerevar. Uh, <laughs> that uh, Nerevar. 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 Like okay. the Nereverine. Nereverine was from Morrowind. Oh, okay. Thank you, uh, Mr. Garvey. So, go look it up. <laughs> could uh, could this be all because of Raja? He has a history of overhyping and uh, underdeveloping. Yeah, I I think um I I think the where the media has this problem of always wanting to pin to contribute to put all the all the hard work of of literally thousands of thousands of people on one person. You want you don't want to you want to put all of it onto one person. And as much as that sort of fits our our Hollywood view of the world where, you know, it's always that one person that is able to, to disarm the bomb. There are huge teams of people working on these products. Thousands of people. Thousands, thousands of people working on it. There is always a public face of that. Of that. Um, and let me tell you, uh, as uh, when you're the coach you and you lose, you get fired at the end of the season, even though, like, you get you really get handed a lousy hand by all the players at the front office got you right. So I don't know. And I, I think it would be, it'd be one, it would be way wrong to pin it all on one personality uh, when things go wrong. And also kind of remember that when it all goes right, you know, it's not all that one person. So when that person leaves uh, generally, it doesn't, it doesn't change what happens. Okay. Yeah. Just, I've seen that going around too. That uh, yeah, this is I, all I just Raj's fault. I think that's unfair because again, yeah, you know, he's if he's the he's a public face of it, he's going to get all the blame when all things go bad, and he gets all of the the credit when it goes good too, right? But we don't. Again, he's still he's not in there like oh. I need to lay out these traces on this board and then like go, I got to dump the garbage now. And then, Oh, I got to, Oh my God, this game is not working is from this 10 year old game. is not working. I got, it's not one person. So it's, yeah, I get that. Don't just don't, I don't buy into that too much. Okay. Get to Jason's point, uh, Linux for everyone. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason this launched now is because until it's said, it's going to launch in quarter one and to avoid doing that, they would have to make like SEC filings because it's changing roadmaps and stuff like that. So, and they need to get it in the hands of actual people so that they can start working on the drivers, start working on those kind of stuff in a real world environment. So it doesn't make sense to have the launch. It just, it really took the wind out of the sails. Well, and th I think the thing that's just sort of like the scary thing about this is this is the exact same thing with that discrete. Remember that first discrete. Intel card from CES 2020. 20, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was DG like, yeah, DG. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, 
we're going to launch. Oh, actually, no. We're only going to. It's not. A, it's only going to go to certain developers to do to spin up drivers and get ready for it. It's like, man, it's 2022, man. Like, <laughs> how much more time they need to work on this? But again, like, who knows what's been going on behind the scenes with supply chain stuff and all I, of that. Yeah, I, I would say don't look too far into this launch for what to expect from desktop graphics cards. Yeah. They're a very different thing. Software could be in a much different place two months from now, three months from now. Like I wouldn't try to, you know, read the tea leaves out of this. Just I'd, I'd still be in a holding position. That's where I am. So, yeah. And then I guess that thing too is like, you, you gotta, would you rather have them sort of like, sort of look like they missed the launch, even though they technically didn't because it's out in South Korea, or would you rather have them go like, you know what? We got to come out the gate and it's got to work. What's worse? You know, so I'd rather have it work and have a good product launch than just simply not be all there. Right. So that that would not that'd be worse, wouldn't it? I uh, I forgot who said it in chat. So my apologies. But somebody uh, made a little bit of a quip saying that uh, South Korea is the beta test market. <laughs> like They're the beta testers. Oh, poor South Korea. And so, yeah. So I, I kind of do feel that. It's too soon for everybody to get worried. I think that you can look at it and go, hmm, I wonder how that's going to go. But until we really see what's going on, I think this is the stuff that doesn't really apply to us as much. Unless you're just that into it that you want to have that early of a you know sneak peek at what maybe to expect on desktop. But for most of us, I think it's just, you know, put it in the back of your head, see what happens. I and was, then that way, no one gets chapped hands, as uh, Gordon was doing earlier. For audio listeners, he was doing the hand-wringing gesture. Yeah. And I was going to ask him about that because he was so um, he was so reasonable at first about hearing out people's concerns. And then I was like, where's the hand-wringing? And then it came up, and I was like, okay, there we go. It, it always yeah. comes up. The hand-wringing always comes. Well, because, you know, I mean, that's – I mean, that – that's that's our entire community is there's always the next even if if R could come out and had launched then then it would be gone to worry about the next thing right there's just something to always sort of like worry and fret over because that's just that's just our way because well maybe we've been trained by it because again everybody's been trying to kill PCs for this whole time so I'm I'm just saying you know maybe that's that's there I I was actually gonna break I'm gonna break NDA here so I have learned. Uh, that the reason Cut the, off. the ARC is coming out in South Korea is because there is actually uh, StarCraft acceleration built into ARC. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're, they're beta testing it there. As, as we know, I had like, to. I did, what, what game is Like, this? what game was this? Because, <laughs> no, really, seriously, like, you know, StarCraft <laughs> is like, South Koreans are like, they're like, they're, remember the is it the Kenyans in the in the long distance marathons? Like they're always like like one two three four five. The South Korea is always like one two three four five and like world's best StarCraft players are super super good at uh, StarCraft. It's like accelerated. We actually built in dedicated StarCraft acceleration into Arc. It uses AV one. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Uh, well, you know, I, I guess maybe we'll just wait uh, for for Intel on that stuff. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Because is right now the best time to buy uh, or in, and build a PC? We got we got awesome chips, you know. Even the Ryzen five thousand stuff is is coming down in price. We, we, you know, Alder Lake is 
is all sorts of goodness in in how uh, Gordon puts it. We have GPUs starting to like. I was there yesterday. I looked at EVGA.com and for the first time personally, I saw under MSRP for mm-hmm. EVGA cards. I was mm-hmm. just like, what? That's crazy. But you know what? Even better. I was at the store the other day. I bought a brand new GPU. It was on the shelf. Whoop. <laughs> GT710. A brand new GT710 right there on the shelf. I bought it. I had to. 40 bucks. What a deal. Like the world the world is Gordon's in a better place. Space is amazing. Wait, you really got that for $40? Yeah, look the the sticker right there. 40 40 bucks. You can't see it, but yeah, for, 40 bucks brand new. Uh, never opened GT710. Like uh, it just, it makes me feel good to see GPUs on the shelf. Nature again. is healing. Nature is healing. Like it, now is definitely the best time to build a PC, right? Mm. <laughs> mm. I would still hold out. Personally, it's real hard to do this kind of advice anymore after the madness of the last few years. I would still personally, if I've been holding out this long, be extremely hesitant. To buy the graphics card specifically portion of it. Uh, I still think, yes, prices are creeping down. In general, I'm not seeing MSRP prices almost never. Like you might have seen an older, like right now, I think I saw uh, EBGA RTX 2060KO for MSRP. No, uh, it's actually on EBGA site that yeah. they're actually a little bit under for yeah. the yeah, current gen. All, all their that, cards are, are like under depending on the you know percentage. Yeah, but that's you're paying MSRP prices are a little bit under on a card that came out four or five years ago. <laughs> so I mean, it's still not great to me. No, like, no, if we're I could, talking about thirty series, Brad, not twenty thirty series. series. All right. Yeah. Well, if you can get, I don't know. Well, the, the thirty eighty they had the thirty eighty XC version. Oh, it was like two hundred dollars off. Let, let, let me go. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll see it, if it's still it's there. It's so shocking that when I, I saw it on my Slick Deals feed, and then I went to the office, and Adam was like, "Have you seen this?" And I was like, <laughs> "It still doesn't feel real." Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Here we go. We, we, you can get a. Oh yeah, a, a lot of them. But yeah, you can get a thirty. Thirty fifty is thirty bucks off. Thirty fifty is thirty bucks off. Thirty sixty forty bucks off. Oh yeah, thirty thirty eighty twelve gig version MSRP is twelve fifty. And it's two hundred and seventy bucks off, so nine seventy nine. I yeah. mean, what are the thirty sixties going for again? Sorry, uh, thirty sixty is uh, oh, three eighty nine. Yeah, let's say under four hundred. The, so, the X the XC gaming version specifically. That's see to me that's, that's still not a wow. Like yes, it's cheaper than MSRP, but you got to remember that third party vendors like EVGA have been charging insane MSRP markups for their custom cards. Like you got to remember that, but if you're going by MSRP, the 3050 is a $250 card. Uh, this for $300 is not that bad. If you've been really struggling to play video games, just getting a 3050 for 300 bucks, I would much prefer that over a 6500 XT for 225. Like I would spend that extra 75 bucks, but that's still $50 over MSRP because they jet they threw an insane $80. MSRP price on their custom card, eighty dollar upgrade. You, and you mean MSRP versus the uh, founders, founders edition. edition versus not necessarily the founders edition, the Nvidia suggested pricing. So oh, the okay, RTX okay. thirty fifty, they like two hundred and fifty dollars for uh, thirty fifty. Uh, which again, like I said at the time, I didn't think that was realistic with the price of everything these days. 
But EVGA's MSRP for its custom card for the 3050 right here is $80 higher than that. So they're like, we charge $330 for this. So to have this on sale for $30 off, it's still $50 over MSRP, where in the past, a card like this would have been 10 to $20 over MSRP. That's so fair. I still don't think it's a great time. Like if you've been holding out and you're not struggling, like... I would continue to do that and hope things get better. But the world has been so crazy right now. This has been the best price it's been in a while. Maybe pull the trigger. That's the like, other worry. Cause yeah. some, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, wait for 40 series. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, we're, we're talking long. about six months. The yeah. world changes quick in six months. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, but, you know, like it, it's. <laughs> do you think this changes a bit of the equation in terms of what we're recommending to people who do kind of need to build now? Right. Because when we talked about the 6500 coming out, that was like, well, like, you know, this isn't so bad because, you know, you are able you're going to be able to get a card that's more affordable and it's not really marked up too bad. But with these prices, you know, going under the manufacturer suggested list price, it's getting a little bit closer to that. You're getting better performance than a card like that. Starting to wonder how that tips, you know, what what we're recommending to people, especially if this trends to a, like out to like actual retailers like Newegg and Amazon. Yeah. Here's to see if this sticks because it's yeah. not just EVGA. There are a bunch of renders doing an EVG. Uh, it looks like an NVIDIA promotion called Restocked Reloaded. Like you can find that on a bunch of different vendor sites. So this was clearly like a big product push. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm curious to see if it holds up over the coming weeks or if it's a big one or two day splash kind of a deal. Mm. So, so I just want to point out I'm I'm on Newegg right now, and I actually like Newegg for looking up um, pricing because Amazon's algorithm points you to stuff in stock, and it doesn't always give you sort of like lowest price kind of stuff. But looking on Newegg, I'm seeing an ASRock uh, 6500 XT 209, uh, an FXX 6500 for 225. Generally, it's you know 210 to 250 ish, a 3050. 299 for an EVGA 3050XC, an MSI Ventus for 329, uh, 350 for a Gigabyte RTX 3050 Eagle. So that kind of range. And then when we get up to 3060, we're looking at uh, lowest price, uh, 3060 of 459. Uh, There's a bundle. And then it's it's a solid 500 plus for 3060. And then for 3070. Uh, lowest price I'm seeing there is 685, 729. It's a solid 700 plus for 3070. Does that change any of your internal math and anything? Does it make you go like, no, I I can't recommend 30 uh, 6500 XT, or does it? No, oh. it doesn't. <laughs> I'm I'm still in the same boat I always been. I unfortunately have to leave in a minute, so I just want to get this out. Okay. Uh, it doesn't change my math on anything. I would still be holding out if I was holding out already. Three hundred dollars for a thirty fifty is like I could see going for that if you need a ten eighty p card. Uh, I'm still not thrilled with that price. Like historically, mainstream graphics cards have been two hundred to two hundred fifty is the vast majority of the market, and that's still the sixty five hundred XT is your only option there. So there's that. As far as other components are concerned, yeah. True point. <laughs> as far as other components are concerned, there was that big issue with NAND flash factories uh, losing like a month's worth of production a month or two ago. So if I was in the market for an SSD, I would buy an SSD pretty soon because I wouldn't be surprised if we see prices start to creep upward on that front. So 
where I'm concerned, CPUs are in a pretty good place. GPUs, they're getting better. I would still be holding out. SSDs, I'd be buying right now <laughs> is where I'm at personally. Good point. And with that said, I got to go. Sorry. Thank you, I have double booked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, hey, Brad. Thanks. Bye, y'all. So, you know, and actually, a uh, friend of the show, Ziv, makes a good point. Uh, building now is okay if you need to build, uh, they, they would say, but uh, not, not a great time to build, but also not as terrible as it used to have been. So maybe mm-hmm. it's not the best time to build, but man, it's, it's, get, it's better in some ways, right? It's, it's not great, but not horrible. It's not, not great, but not horrible. So that's, that's it doesn't a- make you wince as hard, I feel like. Yeah, you know, for thirty fifty at $300, I'm like, you know, it feels like that's not too bad, especially for that sort of like, you know, budget gamer that's been kind of stuck with zero, you know, for long, for two years. So well, depending, depending on what they have now, though, that's the thing, you know, yeah. if they're if they're still rocking a 1070. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It does feel like you I think I would. I don't know. See, I think the thing that kind of kills me is like so like if you are a 1070 class person and you're running, say, maybe a, you know, a, a seventh gen or a Ryzen 1000 part, you know, you're, you're sort of overdue for something a little beefier. I could see doing it because, but it is painful to pay $700 for a 3070 class graphics card, right? So that, but it, it, a 3070 is significantly faster than a 1070. So you are getting a decent amount of performance, but in the old days, that would have been 1080 Ti, so... Oh, you know, a uh, uh, friend of the show, Adrian, makes a good point. Uh, it's a good time to upgrade, but necessarily not to build. Maybe, maybe that's what it is, you know. It's like there, there's good CPUs if you need an upgrade. There's, you know, there are some GPUs finally, you know, not through the roof uh, in pricing. Yeah. Although I guess I would even argue it sort of depends on where you're at. If you are... If you already have a decent system already, uh, yeah, I could, I could see. I would, I, I would very much argue. You know, I would wait six months to see what we get out of Rapture Lake, what we get out of uh, Ryzen Seven Thousand on the CPU side, and and then also, if you have again, say you have a twenty seventy, mm, you know what? I want to. I'd probably want to wait for forty seventy class card, right, just to see what it brings. But if you're um, as somebody who's new to PC gaming and you're like, you know, your kid has been wanting to build, a, you know, a budget gaming box for three years or two years, never been possible. Now you could legitimately build a sub 1000 sub $800 gaming machine. That yeah. person is not going to really gain much by waiting six months. Right. Because I don't think you're not going to see like, Oh, we're going to, NVIDIA is going to do our, our brand new, you know, uh, graphics lineup and we're going to be pushing 40, 50. No, that's not, that's never, yeah. that's never what happens. You might benefit from Intel a little bit because if they end up pushing low end, um, because they, they're really can't push, uh, AMD and NVIDIA the hardest, but I, maybe Intel's kind of like that wild card at the low end. But I would say if you're building a first time machine for the kid who's just been, on your butt to build them a, a gaming rig for two years, it's it's a really good time because you can get you know fantastic uh, AMD and Intel CPUs, and again like get ahead of the SSD prices going up, and yeah. then you're getting you know a thirty fifty for three hundred dollars. I yeah that it sucks. It's not great, but it's not 
it's 30, 50 for $500. So much better than it was though. And I mean, I, I shouldn't really use the pandemic pricing as a anchor point, but I think the whole point of us asking this question is the full question really is, is now a good time to build if you've been holding out, you know, by the edges of your fingertips, not necessarily is it a good time to build if you're bored and you just want a new system? So, you know, I mean, it's true, right? Cause like in the old days before all this craziness, like sometimes you just be like, Oh, I kind of got that itch. Like I kind of want some new stuff. So like, let's build something. And the prices were so good that it, I don't want to say it justified it, but it kind of justified it. If you know what I mean? Also, yeah. also a, a good point from friend of the show, Tech with Sean, he says, uh, you know, Obviously, the, with the 40 series launch, they're going to start at the high end. It's not going to start at the yeah. low end. So, you know, you're, you're still, you know, yep. oh, at least right. over a year away right. from anything That's lower than probably 70 Gordon, class. Yeah. That's what Gordon was saying. And, oh. you know, honestly, it was like a year ago, even like not even that long ago, maybe a year and a quarter at most. I had a friend tell me that his friend was like, yeah, my graphics card died and now I have to buy a... I think it was a 1650 for like 330 or $400. It was like some crazy markup on a like previous gen card, like a 50 class card. And I was just like, Oh, that hurts. And he's like, that's the best he can find right now. Yeah. For audio listeners, every he time there's that pause and we say, laugh, it's just Adam holding up the, uh, the GT710. GT yeah, he was obviously not looking in the right places, but, you know, what, I, well, I can only be the one that's uh, so lucky. Uh, can you? What can you even play on this? I seven ten is not. Actually, I did. I did look up YouTube. There are some people who <clears throat> did some gaming on a, a GT seven ten like a year ago. I think it was. Yeah, and, and this guy was playing um, Horizon Forbidden West. No, no, Zero Dawn. Zero Dawn. <clears throat> Excuse me. At at forty eight p. Not 480p, 48p. <laughs> it actually looked really cool. Uh, <laughs> and is it still where, was not a, a smooth 30. Wait, so is this, wow. is this where we plug GeForce now? Oh, Brad's not here. This is uh, the perfect opportunity here. for Brad yeah. to step in. GeForce Now plug. <laughs> you have to keep the, the GeForce Now plug going because that's like, it, it's, I think the streak is what, like 60 episodes of saying GeForce Now would be. <laughs> I I, I I tell you what this also brings up like you know I've been playing a lot on my Steam Deck and I, I'll tell you what damn like that thing performs really well you know like would I rather have a thirty fifty uh, you know over over some sort of integrated graphics solution you know to hold you out you know I don't know like I think that's why some people who who went the the uh, the integrated graphic route is is probably still waiting for a little bit more I yeah. Don't know. I mean, I'd be interested. I, I'm sure an APU is probably going to be better than that 710, right? That GT710. Oh, oh I mean, with yeah. No, my. It's not 48P. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, the interesting we're we still have a video that's coming out soon. It's uh, on RDNA2 gaming. It's it's phenomenal. So I, I that'll be really cool too. Um, but again, yeah, you're building low end. You're and there, I I think. People really underestimate just how many people have 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 not been able to build entry level gaming machines, and that's a whole we're, that whole generation of gamers. We don't want to lose them. To, sorry, Landon. We don't want to lose them to console. So I I think that's just been this is really a you know. A, but are you a breath really of fresh losing air. them? Are you really losing them? Yeah, because you it is potential that because I think the problem is. 
for and I, I have um, my my cousin's kid. They built he built a gaming rig about a year ago, and it was rough. And they basically had to buy a bunch of used stuff. In fact, his his uh, his eighth gen motherboard blew up, and I I Ooh. I sent him. Uh, a ninth one of the, remember I found that motherboard and CPU on the street. It was you know <laughs> yes. <laughs> it posted. I was like, hey, I sent that to him, and you know everything's up and running. But he has an RX five eighty. But a lot of a lot of people just couldn't build anything. And those and I I that that class of gamer who they might the parents don't understand gaming you know the parents aren't pc gamers they may go hey i'll just get you an xbox right if you've been waiting so long i'll get you an xbox that's what i'm afraid of is they're going to just get an xbox and you know the kid whereas this kid is going to learn how to play mouse and keyboard and and all the things that will will make that person a pc gamer likely for a long long time that could potentially would be lost but now 6500 xt and the and the 3050 at 300 dollars really makes Though that, though it enables a generation to to enter PC gaming, and we we can't lose them. I I, I think, you know, I think yeah, thirty fifty should be two hundred and twenty five dollars, and sixty five hundred should be a hundred and fifty. But also, I think bacon should be five dollars. It shouldn't be ten dollars too. So <laughs> it just sucks. Yeah, I, th- I think you have a good point, Gordon. That. Uh, affordable hardware is great for all. You're never going to hear me argue against that. However, I will say that uh, Ruru2 uh, in YouTube chat does point out that uh, don't worry, Gordon, is what they're saying. Most of us PC gamers grew up on console, and when we got jobs and extra spending money, we built PCs and stayed. And that's honestly, that's what happened with my, my cousin. That's what happened so my cousin, my cousin was a diehard gamer on PlayStation and Xbox for the longest time. And then one day he's like, yeah, I sold all that and I built myself a PC and he hasn't looked back since. Yeah. And he got a nice system. Hey, he, he went all out. I started with consoles too. I started with an Atari. I didn't have one, but I played, there was a radio that shack. Counts, Gordon. It was a, we, we, what I ended up getting was a Tandy Pong. It was like the Pong. That was like, yes, that was what he- we, that's a console, so I'm a console gamer too, Elena. I get that. No, because you don't have the same nostalgia that console gamers actually have. No, you don't. I have no. a better nostalgia. I have an actual better nostalgia. So yes, yeah. it's a real- nostalgia okay. of kicking that into the past and swiping dirt on it. Right. Yeah. No, but I, I just, but again, my fear is because you know, I, I obviously love the PC. It's, it's, it's my jam. I just, we need the new generation into it, and these kids, I. I just don't want to see them kind of like do something else, you know, because, you know, you get, you get to college and all this life takes over. They may never really turn out to be gamers. You got to give them options and to have the low end possibilities we have now is, is good. And I do think, yeah, I, I know maybe I'm being kind of crazy because I, I do think a lot of these kids, they are very much being influenced by what they see on YouTube and Twitch. So live streamers, I'm sure there are some people who live stream on console, but it feels like a lot of the action is very much PC gaming live streamers. So they, they want the RGB, they want the flat brim hat, yeah. they want the gaming chair. I would say that is influential. So I think that's, you know, so that to get them in to something that I think is important is, is good. So that's also, what I'm, I'm happy about. Well, and this. this discussion makes me realize, I think <clears throat> the whole, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is the best time to build thing right now. Is that it's still not a great time for low end. 
But for high end, I mean, if you're looking at a 3080 and you're like, oh, wow, okay, you know, like like we're starting to see under MSRP. Like if you're in the higher end, you got, you know, 5800X3D to look at, 12, 12900KS <clears throat> to look at, you know, like the high end, it, it's still a good time. It's just the lower end that, that is still a little harder. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Again, I'm arguing the opposite of that, Adam. I really think if you're building first-time gamers, awesome, great time. You know, maybe long-time over, overdue upgrades. You're running a 10-series or a 9-series. Now you can sort of jump into something newer. But I don't know if I would say it's a great time to build at the high end because I I would say I'd want to wait, you know. $800 or $1,200 going to a 3080 Ti, why don't I save that for a 4080? Or If you could get a 3080 Ti for $1,200, oh, sorry, I thought you meant 3090 Ti. No, 3080 Ti. Yeah. Right, but I mean, I just think like, yeah, you know, if you're that class and you have a decent card, say a 2080, I'd, I'd probably wait. I'd probably wait. What about 1080 Ti? I would wait too. I mean, honestly, because we're, it feels like we're pretty close and it's, it's a Hall of Fame card. <laughs> it's a Hall of Fame card. <laughs> I'm still gonna, you know, no, I, 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 if you just wait six to eight months, you really get the benefit from a three way fist fight between AMD, Intel, and Nvidia. So I, I Hopefully. think. It's going to be, it'll be, I'm sure ARC will be out by then and there will be adjustments by all to compensate for it because they don't, hopefully they don't you want can to buy them. Out. Yeah. I mean, it's just like this. We were talking about this yesterday. I, the fact that you can get a, a 12 core Ryzen 9 5900X for $392 is, is simply because there is a, there is, they are looking over their shoulder at 12th gen. 12th gen has made a big impact. Competition's good. You know, Intel is now finally making CPUs that, you know, people will consider again. So their natural reaction is, hey, let's make 12-core <laughs> really affordable, right? So Ridiculously affordable. I can't imagine that that's not going to hold up when AMD and NVIDIA do not want to see Intel succeed here. They know Intel's in it for the long term, but they are going to try to mess up Intel's launch as much as possible. Like even I'm, I would even believe there's a conspiracy in my crazy conspiracy theory is like, you're seeing all the GPU prices so low right now because they sort of built up some inventory and they're now letting that go. It's like, it's like NVIDIA and AMD have a a strategic uh, GPU petroleum reserve, right? Things are bad, but they want to mess with Intel. So now they're like, we're going to like let a lot of these dies that we're kind of saving up because we want to depress prices to make it make it harder for Intel to compete uh, at where they're probably going to compete, which is like, you know, mid range, 3070 range. Right. So. I don't know. OK, well, I, I guess the the debate is still. Yeah. Sh- should you wait to buy build a PC is always the question, right? Yeah. All right. So, sir, let's do, that, let's do it that way. The question. My should, my answer is new gamers. Yes. Upgrading older cards, definitely high-end, high-spec. I want the best thing ever. I would wait. That's my recommendation. What about you, Elena? Uh, I would say if you're happy with what you've got, 
you can stay there. Not necessarily the best time to be building just for it's scratch and itch, you know, because, you know, we all catch the bug eventually where you just want to build new systems for the sake of it. Um, but for people who have been holding out, just hoping for prices that are more reasonable, I think we're starting to see that turn a corner, at least for the moment. So now's a good time to kind of get in on that if you've been just really waiting. Uh, I think that, and I think that advice for me applies to all levels um, or at least mid tier, high tier. I, I feel the budget still kind of like out to dry for the moment, unfortunately. Adam, opinions? Hey, you know what? I love building PCs. I'm I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to wait. Oh, that's that's stupid. That's 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 console talk. You know, Gordon. I'm I'm going to build a PC every month. Watch. Especially when Bob and accounting just signs off on everything for you. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in a different spot, but you know what? I mean, but that that is the thing. Like, legitimately, we always get that question: Should I wait? Should I wait? Should I wait? And it's like, yeah, it's it's always you could just wait. You know, six months later, there's going to be something good. You know what? A year later from that, there's going to be something better. You know, like I, you, you, yeah. you, you could always wait. I, but I just think the thing is for me, like the just wait is it's like the fire danger sign. Sometimes it's green. Just should I wait? No, it's, you know, and then because you can always wait, it always gets better. And sometimes it's red. I'm going to say it's really definitely in the red range for you should just wait. So that's, that's what, the way I kind of see it. Yeah. Except for entry level, so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we got some uh, Q&A to get to before we, we get out of here. If you have any questions right now and you're live, get them in on the chat. Uh, if you're watching or listening to this later, go over to our Discord. We have a full nerd questions uh, section that I will get to. <clears throat> uh, the first question is a great one coming in from Mike Quinton, friend of the show, who gave us a $40 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, why does an i9 12th gen desktop CPU need a huge tower cooler or AIO to keep it cool, but an i9 12th gen laptop at max turbo doesn't? Great yeah. Question. No, it's a, it's a great question. Um, this is always that thing where mobile is always a second-class citizen to desktop. Um, w- remember... Core i9 desktop is 16 cores. Uh, core i9 uh, mobile is 14 cores. So it's it's six performance cores versus eight performance cores. And also the clocks on desktop are pushing higher clocks and for a lot longer. You push so you could potentially push you know all 16 cores you know P plus E at at very high clocks for much longer. So you simply need more cooling and also the if you ever look at the, you know the the PL PL1 PL2s for these a, a desktop is you know like unlimited you know 200 right so you're pushing you know PL1 of whatever what 150 200 very very high sustain long higher clocks a laptop is far lower it's like uh, I was just funny I was just looking last night the PL1 of a Core i9-12900HK with the latest BIOS in the board was uh, 65 watts. So it's it's far, far lower on a desktop because you just don't have the space to put a big old cooler on it. And then also you're limited by the power brick too because laptops essentially for most normal 99.9% laptops – the max they can get is about 330 watts out of the power brick to run everything. Uh, desktop, 
three hundred and thirty wouldn't even fire up a a, a a the CPU plus GPU on a lot of builds. So it's just very different, and that's why you're, you're just unconstrained. There's space constraints, there's power constraints, there's heat constraints on a desktop that on a laptop that you just don't get on a desktop. And so, sorry, desktop. I love laptops. I love gaming laptops. I love what you can do on a on a on a laptop these days. Desktop's going to kick its butt all day. So that would be a good desktop question. Better I, I, than, I don't know yeah, if I've ahead. ever seen direct benchmarks of like a twelve nine hundred K versus a twelve nine hundred HK. Like you know, like what what delta is the mobile chips between the desktop chips? You know, something, something you know, maybe to look at. You know, and, and it's interesting because we're. Where the big advantage on on desktop is definitely going to be on all core, more core, that those workloads because you simply have more cores pushing higher clocks all the time. You will get honestly very close in a lot of things people do on a on a laptop because, again, if you're browsing, you're not using every single core, and a laptop on a very light load can actually hold very high clocks, you know, relative against a desktop. So it's very competitive for what most people do. That's why most people use laptops. Um, but no, you're doing heavy-duty work. Desktop is going to kill it. And that's out of counting when you get to, you know, HEDT high-end uh, desktop loads where you're using 32 and 64 cores and 3090 TIs. There's just no comparison. Okay. Uh, we got another super chat. Oh, the the, the Lucifer one the, that I meant to get to. Uh, $6.66. Thank you so much. Said, uh, Amazon is charging 5% charge for sellers uh, for the added GPU prices coming down. Uh, and now that they do this, do you think it will snowball across the board? Do you think this is something that's going to happen to the rest of, of PC components? Yeah, the the surcharge is basically a isn't it a fuel cost? Basically, Amazon's telling all, not only it would be interesting if they said if they only said GPU sellers five percent, but it is apparently any any people who oh, sell right. products, right. they, anybody who sells products through their warehouse, um, we're paying people to drive these products out to their homes, so we're going to charge you an extra five percent. It's a five percent fuel surcharge, I think. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I, 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 the way it was worded, I, I read uh, it wrong. It's two separate thoughts. Amazon is charging 5% to sellers. Also, GPU prices are coming down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And actually, that to me, it, prices ain't, I mean, they're not, they are going to get better, but then who can predict what it's going to be like? We're all scoffing, like, oh my God, I'm not going to pay MSRP for 3080 Ti. And we say that now, and then we don't know what the state of the world will be in six months. And it is entirely possible, the way it's been going for the last two years, that you will feel like a fool for not buying a 3080 Ti at full and MSRP plus 50 bucks, right? We don't... Or Who can predict? Or worst case, and what everyone's worried about, is that the 4080 comes out and there's a... And another increase in price over the 3080 <laughs> MSRP, right? Hey, you know, back to our, our previous segment, but, you know, <laughs> you, you, you never know. Yeah. Right? You don't know. You just don't know. So, yeah, maybe, you know, I mean, that's the terrible thing. I mean, if you're still sitting on 700 rolls of toilet paper, yeah, you know, you feel pretty stupid. So it's, it's li- comfy for me. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just kind of wonder if, like, you know, and then suddenly, like, oh, things get crazy again. Like, hey, my 700 rolls of toilet paper are looking pretty good now. So, 
<laughs> I can't tell anybody. <laughs> Uh, next one from uh, Michael Sawyer. Uh, will adoption of direct storage make PCIe 5 by 16 finally make sense for GPUs? I don't know if necessarily PCIe 5 will. I, I think it should, even on a really fast Gen 4 drive, I think simply adopting it and seeing it rolled out in a game will really be really cool. I think my problem, and this is from years of seeing really, really cool DirectX features rolled into the PC is it takes a long time on the PC because unlike console where a developer can say, Hey, you know what? I know every single Xbox has, you know, this much bandwidth available from, from storage. I make games. I can only guarantee that the people with PCIe four or even worse, only people with PCIe 5 drives take advantage of this, you know, direct storage feature. I can tell you as a developer, not me, but all developers have said many, many times before is my job is to make money. My job is not to showcase some cool feature for Microsoft. So I don't think it will make a huge difference in the here and now. Maybe in three years it will, but immediately most developers want to make money because that's how they bring home the bacon. So I, in the cool tech demos that we will see out of a few games, it'll be awesome. But no, it's, it's for the vast majority of games, it won't be. Like they're still, they're still largely designed for people who can still run hard drives because a lot of people still run hard drives that play PC games. Well, and speaking of which, of uh, something that a lot of people play at, a uh, friend of the show, Linux for Everyone, asks a uh, question for the entire team. With the advancements we're seeing in integrated graphics, how long until 1080p gamers don't even need a dedicated GPU, or will it ever happen? I would argue, again, RDNA 2 is very, very impressive. Um we have a video coming on this, so RDNA 2 on mobile, playing a lot of games at 1080p is 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 capable. At If 1080p low is, or 1080 even 1080 medium, depending on the game, I would argue that when we get RDNA 2 onto desktop with better thermals, it, you you could arguably say 1080p IGP is, is here. You really don't have to have an, uh, a GPU. So, and then of course, when we look forward to next year, as we get, you know, even future integrated graphics with paired with DDR5, that will be a lot cheaper. It's going to be better too. So low end will get very, very interesting for a lot of people because AMD and Intel can really mess with NVIDIA there. Um, I think the answer from NVIDIA would be like, well, okay, well, then our 1080p gaming answer is 30, 70 level of gaming. Why don't you try to touch that, right? So it'll you'll see a push and pull. And arguably, that's better for everybody because that means NVIDIA's, NVIDIA's low-cost GPU to compete with AMD IGP and Intel IGP will, will be better, which makes it better for everyone, so... Competition's good, Mac people. Are we defining 1080p gaming as, you know, playing at anything above low, though? Or are we just saying that 1080p gaming is just like, it actually 
runs at 1080p, no I, matter I, how I ugly say, it is. I would say that you have a 1080p panel. And so, you know, like you, you game with what you have, you know, kind no, of No, no, no. What I mean is that the settings for the games, right? So oh. some people well, I mean, don't consider playing at 1080p with everything stripped down to like the nuts and bolts to be really 1080p gaming. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people do that, though. I mean, so uh, I, I'd say I'd consider it. I mean, whatever. You're, yeah. And I think we're, we're also being very, very old school in our interpretation of 1080p gaming because 1080p gaming, which I sort of view as my definition that I'm using here is a, a lot of regular games and a lot of esports games. Um, that's not the same as I'm a 1080p at 360 hertz, right? That's a different kind of gamer. So, no, that's not going to be answered by by uh by igp necessarily although you saw the numbers we ran adam what do you think do you think it's oh yeah well between that and i mean the this and what i've had on the rdna2 with the the steam or on the steam deck like yeah like it's totally doable like well and and plenty of people do that it's you know it's it's not not a huge uh not not a weird thing out there i mean I'm, i'm looking at the march hardware survey numbers on steam and we got 8.5% of them uh, are claiming to be on Intel. And we know there's no desktop <laughs> GPU. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can obviously parse from that that they're talking about IGP right there. Uh, so at least at least 8.5% people on, on Steam are using IGP already. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. have a clarification uh, from Linux for everyone. Oh, uh, I didn't see it. He's saying that... Uh, Define it as uh, an iGPU that can run any game at 1080p 60, regardless of settings. Oh, 1080p 60. Okay, then no, <laughs> not, not not right now. And of course, if we're saying 1080p 60, but it, it, but that depends. It's pretty the game. damn close. That re- yeah. yeah, like I would. Yeah, but really he's saying say across. But the they're game. saying like across the board, every single game. Like if you're talking about that, it can play oh, any it. Game. Oh, yeah, well, like so, like the, I mean, like the way, like you know, that you can ha- hang on to a card now and like okay, like you you started at ultra, now you step down to high, you step down to medium, you know, as the card ages, kind of thing. But it can still hang on to that 1080p 60. I for that definition, I. I, I mean, think it's hard. If, would, if you're going to say any game, it's like... I think that integrated graphics won't reach that level until a higher resolution panels become the norm, right? So now, like, we take it for granted that 720p, like, most games you can run a 720p with, like, really not that many problems. Um, so until we start getting there, I don't see it happening. So the short answer is no, <laughs> like yeah. Gordon. But I, mean, I have that caveat on top of it. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to say guaranteed any game runs at 1080p60, no, I, we're never going to get there. I don't think. <laughs> I think like, we could if, like, say that 1440p, 4K were, like, the standards. Like, every card, like, everyone was just running panels and at that resolution. Do you know what I mean? But we're a long, long way off from that happening. Yeah, that's so long far. long way off from that happening. Because the assumption is that there is enough graphics power to sort of support everyone being at 4K gaming. So I, I it feels like that's, like, 10 years away so well you know well and it's it's like i don't know i've i've had this thing too you know i've, I've had friends or, or family members be like oh hey you know i'm i'm on i'm on an old 1060 you know like oh hey i was thinking you know should, should i get a 3050 and i'm like well actually i mean you're just playing at 1080 what you can get 
I mean, the 3050, sure, it's, you know, a couple generations newer, but it's not like it's going to blow the pants off of it necessarily. Like, you're still stuck in 1080p land. It's not... Well, if you like Ultra, if you yeah. games, then... I mean, I, I just think a lot of people equate, oh, it's the newer series. E- even a 3050 of a newer series is going to beat out a, a 1070 of the older series. It's like, well, no, I mean, that that doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't always equate that way. It's like the, the lower class cards or the lower end cards are always going to be hitting 1080p because the games are always going to be more demanding. Like, it's never like we're ever going to get to a point where every card can just handle, you know, 1080p 60 uh, and with with no problem. Like, You really think so? I think that there could come a point where we get enough of a a bump that we do start to see uh, the 1080p be less of a default resolution. I, I, I honestly I don't think so. I mean I mean maybe because well, it's like 4K. I mean the amount of people at 4K now is like just still so slim. So like we have a while to get to that. But also at the same time, like what's the next point? 8K gaming, like you know, like the diminishing returns. We're starting to get diminishing returns on on display technology too. So I, I almost feel like 1080P is always going to be part of our lives for as long as I live. <laughs> I. I have a more optimistic view on that. Oh, out of the way. So, and I just, and again, we, we're still, the videos is almost done, but here, here's just a taste. This is, this is Cyberpunk 2077. It came out in 2020. We're running this uh, 19 by 10 uh, low. So that's 1080p for people who don't know what 19 by 10 is. No ray tracing, obviously. Um, I ran that on an MSI GE76 Raider with the 12900HK, which has Iris XC graphics and is, of course, paired with uh, DDR5. It's not bad. 25.3 frames per second for the built-in benchmark in Cyberpunk. Well, I mean, the Cyberpunk, or you know, on on the Steam Deck with the Steam Deck settings uh, at you know 1280 by 800 is is a smooth 30. Well, and and again, playable. Yeah, and then so running it on the Asus ROG Zephyrus G14, which has the Ryzen 9 uh, 6800HS, which has integrated Radeon 680M IGP, you're looking at 42 frames a second. Obviously, it's not going to be a sustained 40 frames a second throughout the game in every single section, but that's pretty good. So you can see... And that's low, so you are making definitely some visual quality sacrifices. But you could see moving RDNA 2 into a desktop part, which has uh, far better graph uh, cooling and power. You can get a decent uplift. So I, I would say we're, we're getting really close to where you can play almost any game at 1080p close to 60, if you make enough compromises. So, But is that going to replace a 3060? No. I mean, is the 3060 even a 1080 card anymore, or is that really a... That's really a high... No. I mean, 10... No, 3060 is a 1080 card. Yeah, yeah so 3060 is a, a 1080 Ultra and high card and RDNA, integrated graphics, next generation Intel, we could actually get to 1080, 60 low next year, it feels like. Uh, also, a, a just random comment uh, from uh, Arun said uh, that's weird i've never heard anyone uh <laughs> uh mention 1080p as 19 by 10 yeah you know what you're right there's not that many people that that describe it that way oh, 19 20 by 1080 so <laughs> um 
But yeah. Anyway, yeah. I I, I mean, honestly, I I just think the differences between you know uh, resolutions were getting to diminishing returns. The jump from seven twenty to ten eighty was large. Yeah. I remember that being a substantial jump. The jump from ten eighty to four K substantial. You know, to a certain degree, but like we're we're getting less and less jump. Or, you know, yeah, like benefits of so 4K to 8K. I've seen those TVs. Sure, like but, we're talking, but like, we're talking about specifically moving up from 1080p being kind of the standard default to say even 1440p being the standard default. And that's kind of what I was talking about where um, if 1440p became the default and 1080p kind of fell, you know, into the past, that's when I think you'd see 1080p being pretty easy to achieve in all games on IGP. Yeah, no, I, I just don't think that's ever going to happen. I think fourteen forty p. Yeah, really? I think ten eighty p is going to in be... the next in the next the next twenty to thirty forty fifty years. I think, assuming we're all still on this planet <laughs> with things going the way that they're going, I think that it's very possible. Yeah, look how much has changed in the last twenty years, man. Although high, but high refresh has sort of taken a different path, though. So that's true. Ten eighty at a thousand hertz is going to be, you know, probably harder to do than 4K at, you know, 120 hertz. So, well, no, cuz that's doable. Nobody's hit 1000, but there are 4K 120s. Yeah, it is doable, but I mean for everyone, I guess what I'm saying is uh, I, I would say 1080 there's just sort of two tracks because a lot of people don't need the pixel density and they would rather have the their refresh rates. So, Good point. Yeah. Would they really do 4K at 500 hertz? You know. Well, I guess that's the, that. That's another reason why I think maybe 1080p is is definitely here to stay because it's like some people would just stick to 1080p and then then they have higher refresh rate too. But yeah. I mean, that's not this question. But <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Let me get to another one. We got a, a good one. Over on the Discord, uh, uh, just so you know, before our discussion with the the Intel guy on, on Tuesday, uh, we were taking some people were taking bets on how long it would take you, Gordon, to talk about how we need to get away from the ATX form factor. Uh, obviously, it was different than ATX power supplies, but they they were for sure that that you were going to bring it up. Uh, I was for sure you were going to bring it up uh, in that interview. Oh. But you didn't. <laughs> Why didn't well, you bring it up? Well, because we were talking specifically about, about power the supply. power supply spec, and it is it always it has always confused everybody because you have you know ATX for power supplies, you have ATX for motherboard form factors, and there's even ATX for you know chassis designs. There's there's a lot of different um, uh, different aspects you talk about, and and again, I would argue, I mean, you know the. The ATX 3.0 was the first major update to the power supply spec since two, in 19 years, in almost two decades. That's older than some people's cars. That's older than some people's kids. It's older than my kids, right? It's older than some people's refrigerators. <laughs> and I will tell you that the ATX spec that dates back to, what, 97, 80, 80s? I don't even – it's so old – it is definitely older than my car, my refrigerator, and my kids. So what in the world are we still – why are we still bound by this ridiculous set of, of, uh, of builds? And they're just general guidelines when we can – when we really should 
we should have a serious sit down and say, let's design for modern hardware, you know? You got him started on purpose, Adam. I see your, I see your plan. No, I, and I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't mention it because it's just, it's just so dumb. And it is just the problem. And it is, it is our strength because you know what? If we never change anything, it makes everything really great because things never change. And then, you know, you have somebody like Apple who is, is not constrained by anything because they do it their own way. And they come up with some legitimately good things, some really good ideas sometimes. And we don't react because, oh, my God, I have to build a new – I have to replace my case. You know, I have to redesign a case or I have to redesign a power supply or we have to think just slightly different. What? No, I – I, I need to use 1990s technology in the year 2022. It doesn't so you're make any sense. you asking everybody to like put something basically on hold uh, so that they can retool everything. I think that's honestly what the problem is right there. You keep people got to keep making new stuff. No, I, what I'm saying is it is we are just bound by a set of rules that make zero sense in the age we're in. But we just simply do it because it's cheaper and easier. And that is the only reason why we're doing it. Because if it works, why replace it? Well, because you can be better. And, you know, that's the thing is I, I cannot believe that we cannot sit down and redesign a, 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 a chassis spec, a motherboard spec that is improved in the year 2022 than we could in the year 1995. So I just think that's, but the, the, the reason why every time somebody mentions, let's, let's redo ATX is it's like, oh my God, that would cost so much money to retool everything. Right. Gosh, I just, I hope no one ever puts you in charge of producing wheels because we're just going to get a new design for the wheel. Well, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's very much, look, let's be honest. It's very much like internal combustion engine, which is just awesome. I love internal combustion engine. I love the smell of gasoline in the morning. <laughs> I love the smell of car exhaust. Like sometimes, or you hear like just a beautifully tuned V8 big block going up and you just like, you just like, um, and it smells it good. so much. It really does smell good. I it love internal like so combustion much. engine. But if the resistance is, we're just, it can't be made any better. And, and arguably, you can make it an internal combustion engine that is just way like, makes way more sense than any other competing technology. But at the same time, you also have to realize we have to make it better, right? Maybe so. Maybe combining, maybe doing hybrids, maybe doing this. You know, I just we are just simply we're locked into a silly thing because let's be honest, it's easier and cheaper to continue to burn gasoline. And that's that's what it is to me. And let's just can we at least explore making it better a little bit, maybe? You know, I, and we have gotten there. If, if somebody goes, let's instead of having a V eight, now we have basically high compression, you know, four cylinders or turbos, right? And we have composite materials on cars. We've we've gotten better, right? So there are you can't improve. I'm just saying, why in the world are we so? Why why do you have the ATX handcuffs on? What why? So you're against it, Elena. It sounds like you're against. You're against making changes to ATX. I'm not saying that I'm against changes. I just think it's funny that your solution to it is that like, let's just burn everything down. No, and you can't. I mean, BTX was exactly why you can't. And you know, and and I know the misinterpretation was like they tried to force BTX on consumers. Oh. 
Oh, and they, yeah, BB, BB hates Gordon. She he hates ATX. Yeah. BB hates ATX. Yeah. You, but you couldn't. It was just you have to. You have to at least. And this is the thing: is this is a perfect launch. Like ATX, the reason why they didn't get radical, the reason why they didn't do like, hey, let's go to twenty volt. Let's do these things. Let's change the connector. Let's change all that. Because if you do it, people throw it back in your face. It just gives people way. It just gives people a way to say no. It makes it easier. They were going to say no anyway, but it makes it a lot easier. So you have to somehow evolve it. And I'm I'm like maybe we have a dual standard. Maybe we. Maybe there's ways we can evolve uh, ATX to make it better, but still not have to throw. Because I don't like throwing things away. I don't like throwing things away either. Right. Well, but but I I think right. There's a difference between Mac, where they they'll just throw everything over the board, you know, every year. It doesn't matter. And then yeah, ATX that's been around for so long. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I've I've ever known <laughs> since I've been PC. So I don't even know the BTX. I don't even you know. It's like that's all I've ever scene so uh but a uh, friend of the show uh, byron goodman uh, gave us five dollar super chat thank you so much said gordon has never been involved with a design by committee stay with what you have <laughs> is always the answer there <laughs> no and yeah design yeah i know exactly why that's why that's why people get angry about like g-sync that's why they get angry about uh thunderbolt they get angry about these things but they don't understand if you did it by design by committee the always the answer is let's not change anything because there's always someone who doesn't ever want to change anything. And the reason why NVIDIA goes off on their own, the way reason why Apple goes off on their own, the reason why Intel went off on their own with Thunderbolt is because they could get to the end without having to have everybody drag it down and slow it down. It would have taken 50 years to get anywhere. So, and, but again, the problem with ATX is that you need buy, you need buy in, you know, Intel, Intel can just put Thunderbolt on their laptops or their, their desktops. But ATX, you'd need buy-in from everybody. Right. And that's, and that's, again, the reason why it's ridiculous because they say, like, hey, let's have a talk about changing BTX. All the case vendors say, oh, that's awesome. How can I not change anything? You know, and, and that, that, you know, so what do you do? We're stuck here. We're stuck. From 1997, we were using floppy drives, zip drives. Everybody was booting from a hard drive over a parallel ATA. You were plugging in PS2 keyboards and plugging in your monitor using a VGA connector that was a CRT. What is left over from the 1990s that you are still using on a PC today? Nothing except for ATX. That is the only thing we are still using from the 1990s. PS2 is gone. Parallel ATA is well, gone. Floppy drives are gone. Two, hard two drives are not booted are too. A, a comeback, but you know that's yeah, that's but a separate thing. <laughs> they, yeah, sure. That's like oh yeah, that's like the people who say LPs are making a comeback. Well, hey, they are my, not. My you can't tell that to Adam. Yeah, also, <laughs> you can't yeah, say that to Adam. Uh, record, uh, record, record store day is coming up this weekend. Go get your new records. It uh, is also, not making a comeback. It is not this, making a comeback. This motherboard has a PS2 uh, connector. And yeah, the, only, yeah, the reason, you know, the reason that why they still put PS2 is for developing markets where there are still plenty of PS2 connectors. And that's just kind of left over for whatever that design is. But what, what is left over from the 1990s that we are still using on the PC today? Nothing. SDR, uh, P, you know, PCI, AGP, all gone. Every single damn thing on the PC from that age is gone. The uh, you know what? Uh, who is it? Uh, crap! Oh, Caporalite uh, uh, Steve makes a good point. Those IEC power cables running from your power supply to the wall—they're the same. 
That is true. <laughs> that is the that's the only thing. And ATX, by the way, just got updated for the first time in 19 years. So <laughs> the ATX power supply. So I mean, I'm I'm just yeah sure. I know people think I'm crazy here, but let's just talk about it for God's sake. At yeah. least have a talk and have people open to it because it needs to, it needs. There's just no reason to continue to use something from the 1990s. And, and again. People are not running multiple video cards. They're not plugging in, uh, uh, well, although I am, but they're not plugging in network controllers. They're not plugging in sound cards, sadly. They're not plugging in USB cards. There's just so many things. I am. Adam is. Yeah, yeah but you're not running cards. five of them. Well, no, actually. Okay, yeah. I'm, look, I just said that, but you know what's in my system right next to me is a sound card, a, and a PCIe-based SSD, as well as a PCIe based 10 gig card. So yes, Ethernet capture card. Yeah, I mean there's yeah, anyway. But I mean yeah. you're not running you don't need five cards anymore. You don't necessarily so, need five. No. Well, I mean the sound sound card can you know is, is over USB is is fine as well. Capture so cards why, there are capture cards over USB as well, sure. I just uh, feel like it's <laughs> to the point where you know the legacy is great until it it actually hurts forward momentum, right? And there are there's there's just definitely reasons not to have the the I/O controller all the way down here when it has to wires have to go all the way up to the back. There's just I God sorry I don't know why you brought this up. <laughs> I, yeah, you definitely got the that. death of ATX. Yeah, uh, well, we got a couple super chats. Uh, <laughs> a friend of the show, uh, Byron Goodman, gave us another five dollars. Thank you so much. Said we need to uh, take this money and we need to divine a new standard for the wheel. We'll get right on that after he builds the PC in a bottle. Uh, and uh, front of the show, Lucifer, Lucifer gave us another $6.66. Thank you so much. Uh, and said, uh, oh, my God, I kept hearing a cat while I was watching the podcast, and I thought I was going nuts. This money is for cat treats. Uh, BB, BB loves you. Uh, thank you so much. And she is, uh, she, yeah, uh, yeah. So <laughs> And BB hates ATX. ATX, ATX must die. You know I mean, she she hates exactly. it because we're talking so much about it when she's supposed to be fed right now. Well, that, and also, to be fair, she hates everything. So, you know, whatever. Anything new comes along, she wouldn't like it either. Uh, anyway, uh, that's it. We we, yeah, we should probably get out of here. My my stomach is starting to growl, uh, too. I'm I'm hungry. I I need some of that dim sum behind Elena. Is that dim sum? Uh, oh, Soup dumplings. Soup dumplings. Yeah. This is South versus Northern cuisine. Oh, no, no. Don't get on that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're done. Take us out of here, Gordon. <laughs> I'm looking at that. That is dim sum. That is not dim sum. These, are, these, are, these are soup dumplings. That's Northern cuisine. Oh, no. Dim sum is Cantonese. I, I'm, what I'm saying is that is, that, that, is, week. That, is, that is dim sum because... Everybody gets that at the dim sum place too. So that's, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I got McDonald's. I got McDonald's. It's not the same, but let's just go. Check back next week. Check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full note for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And also please do leave a review every time you do. Gordon gets all angry about ATX standards. (laughs) <laughs> Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Chakas, who left earlier. by And Elena Yee. <laughs> I want dim sum now. And Anna Patrick Murray is going to load up the dim sum. <laughs> no, I'm going to go load up my new brand new GT710. Go uh, over on Discord. Tell me what games you want me to play on it. I'll uh, 
I'll, I'll do a little science experiment for you. Anyway, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.